morning. Wow, that's loud. My name is uh, Larry Dubin, and I am so blessed to be with you today. And uh, I think in a couple of minutes, by the time we're done, I think you will realize why I am so blessed to be here. Very, very grateful. So, Pastor Scott, where are you? There you are. Thanks for the invite, brother. Appreciate it. Thank you. But before we start, I just, I, I need to share the ground rules with you. And this is really, really important. Because I'm going to say some things today. And uh, it might shake you up a little bit. All right? And as I say these things, if you have something nice that you want to share with me, I want to hear from you. All right? If you have something difficult, you need to talk to your pastor. All right? You know, I, I'm not your pastor, okay? He is. So you need to find Pastor Scott to uh, work through what I'm about to say today. And uh, two other verses that are really, really important in this process. One of them comes from Amos chapter 3, verse 7. And in Amos chapter 3, verse 7, it says, The Lord God has nothing without revealing his secret counsel to his servants, the prophets. So before God does anything in human history, within creation, he would speak through prophets who would speak to the people. He would tell them uh, what is going to happen. And then in Acts chapter 17, the Apostle Paul, he is speaking in a place called Berea. He is speaking at a synagogue. He is communicating with unsaved Jewish people. And it's amazing. These individuals, instead of uh, causing a riot and rebelling and rejecting what Paul had to say, these individuals, Paul says, that they searched the scriptures daily to see what Paul said to see if that lined up with what was predicted. So it is my prayer for you that, you know, I don't want you just to be a Baptist, okay? I want you to be a Berean, all right? And I don't care who's communicating. Listen to those words, write a few thoughts down, and search the scriptures, and uh, you will know what to do with that information, all right? All right, I'm going to talk, I want to start off by letting you know the number four is a very important number in the biblical narrative, starting from Genesis all the way to the book of Revelation, all right? Uh, the earth, the sun, the moon, all, all that stuff, between day and night, it was created on the fourth day. In the book of Revelation, we have the, the four horsemen. Um, what else do we have? We have the four gospels, all right? And we could be talking about the number four for hours, and uh, Pastor Scott did not give me hours to talk to you, so. But just know that the number four is an incredible number, all right? By the way, at Passover, there are four cups that are discussed. And you, you may remember, the first cup is the cup of sanctification. The second cup is the cup of plagues. The third cup is the cup of redemption. And then you have the fourth cup, the cup of joy. Well, I want to use uh, the, the number four today, and I want to talk to you about four blessings, four challenges, four teachers 
uh, that I have experienced during the last four years, all right? And, uh, and all I can say, you know, if you look at these cups, one thing you're going to notice, um, my blessings, they overflow. And you can just, uh, as I'm pouring this water in, you know, my blessings overflow. And these, these blessings that I have experienced in the last four years are beyond measure, all right? And I don't want anybody to have them, but I will tell you, these cups that I've been drinking for the last four years, absolutely amazing, all right? The first cup that I was drinking from, uh, I was fired from an organization after 21 years of service. I was fired because the organization was having financial problems and they let 17 people go. And my wife and I, we just happened to be two of the 17. You know, they just had to uh, shrink and uh, it was just, just the way it was, all right? So that was the first cup. The second cup that I've been drinking from, it is called cancer. And I was diagnosed uh, last year with uh, cancer. And you know, whenever the doctor says you have cancer, that's one of those moments where you say, uh-oh, all right? The third cup was pneumonia. Last year, because of the cancer and the treatment, it lowers your uh, white blood cell count. And uh, if someone sneezed five miles away, I would catch a cold, all right? And uh, I had a pneumonia in both lungs. The fourth cup that I was drinking from was identity theft. And it's like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'll tell you a little bit about that. Can we show that next slide, Clara, please? All right, you'll notice the, the picture on the right, that's me in February, uh, actually in April of 2022. Uh, I'm dancing with Greta, all right? Greta. Now, why do I call her Greta? I had to amuse myself, okay? But Greta, I, I think she was German because she was made in Germany, all right? And if you notice, she has four hot wheels, all right? And she has a spine of steel, all right? So I, I called her Greta, and I spent a lot of time with her. The drugs that were being pumped into my body at that time, that's $60,000, with the medicine, all right? And I had several of those treatments, and I will tell you, it was by God's grace that, that, that the cancer was decimated in my body, all right? Thank you, Jesus. Absolutely. The picture on the, on the left is me when I'm in the hospital with a pneumonia, all right? And uh, I was basically walking dead at that point. Uh, when I left the hospital, I could walk about 200, 250 feet with a walker. And I just, I really thought life and ministry and everything was over. Uh, but now, a year later, here I am. And all I can say is, thank you, Jesus. Now, a couple of thoughts, okay? When I was, uh, when I was fired from this organization after 21 years, all right? Um, there was this pastor, I'm 
not going to tell you his name because I don't want him to get a big head. But there was this pastor who was talking to his congregation about a book called The Red Sea Rules. You may have noticed that, all right? And then there was a lady in this church who, uh, when uh, she was hearing those messages, all right, she sent me a copy of that book, and she says, read this, all right? So between Pastor Scott, who started it, and then Kathy Samuels, who sent me that book, all right, I will tell you, I spent a year looking at the Red Sea Rules. I spent a year in Exodus 14 and 15, and it was because of that material, all right, I prospered after being fired, all right, because I knew God was taking me someplace, and it was scary, but he was taking me someplace, and I needed, so I was so thankful. So when I think about um, what should you do when you're in the midst of a trial, you go deep, deep into the Word of God, all right? Then, when I had, when I realized I had cancer, all right, I decided, you know, I was under, I was inspired to start reading again through Paul's letter to the Philippians, all right? And I will tell you, uh, I spent probably a good year, year and a half in Paul's letter to the Philippians. It's four chapters, but it is an absolutely, it's an amazing book, all right? Uh, Again, I want to encourage you, get into that book, get into that message. Look at what the Apostle Paul, what he is trying to teach us, all right? All right. Um, yeah. And then, uh, and then, so with cancer, with pneumonia, and with identity theft, you know what? I'm doing really, really well, okay? By the way, let me tell you a little bit about the uh, identity theft. There I was, I'm home, I'm starting to recover from my pneumonia, and uh, someone from the bank that I used called me up, and uh, the lady said, check your account, check it right now, and come into the nearest branch. And it's like, oh my gosh, that's you know, news you never want to receive. So I, I, I went online and I noticed that somebody was in the process of transferring $50,000 from one of my accounts. And so it's still pending. So I get in my car and I, I, I drove really, really fast, okay? Got to the, the, the bank and I, I was speaking to the manager. And so they were in the process of starting to take care of me. And while that's happening, the individual who was doing this evil deed, okay, is, it, is trying to change my online credentials. So while it was still pending, all right, the banker was able to stop everything, all right? And I did not lose the money. But if somebody calls you from Lawrence Dubin Trucking out of uh, Michigan, just hang up the phone, all right? Because, you know, th th these individuals were able to establish this business up in Michigan with my credentials, and they were uh, starting to take advantage of that, and just nasty human beings, so all I can say, if they call you, just hang it up, all right? 
So those are the four cups, and I will tell you, um, I am so grateful to be here. I'm grateful to be alive. Those four cups, some of you might say, well, that's, that was a challenge. That was, you were cursed. It was a difficult time. You know what? Those four cups, I have to tell you, have been some of the greatest uh, moments of my life because those four cups have brought me closer to being with Jesus. They have brought me closer to understanding the Word of God. And I have an incredible platform now to talk to people about the peace and the hope that I have. All right? Yeah, and by the way, uh, my medical care, if you're, if, as you look at me today, my medical care, uh, a little bit more than $1.5 million. All right? So it, it wasn't just a doctor's visit. It was pretty serious stuff. And uh, here I am. Here I am today, and I say, thank you, Jesus. All right. So one thing we need to do, we need to turn in your copy of the Word of God, turn to Paul's letter to the Philippians. All right. And again, this is an amazing letter. It's an amazing four chapters. And I think in this letter, Paul was not only speaking to the to the believers in Philippi, but he's speaking to us. Now, you may recall the letter to the Philippians is a prison epistle. Alright? That means that the Apostle Paul, he was in prison when he wrote these words. Alright? Now, you can just imagine what a Roman prison was like in the first century. Alright? I'm pretty sure there was no fresh air flowing in. I'm pretty sure that there was no comfortable bed to lay his head. All right? I'm pretty sure that there was no good food for him. All right? It probably wasn't even bad food. All right? um, it was a pretty rough existence. Okay? And there was probably no place for him to wash his hair. And there's no place for him to wash his hands after he took care of his bodily functions. All right? It's horrible. All right? So here he is, the Apostle Paul. He's in a Roman prison. This was somebody who has had conversations with Jesus that you and I have never had. Right? All right? Paul... Uh, wrote about 48% of the New Testament. All right? Uh, none of us have written words of Scripture. All right? Uh, Paul did some amazing things. And in this letter, he gives us some insight on how to live, how to suffer, and how to die. All right? And I think we need that as well. So, uh, I'm just going to do a, a quick summary. If you would, look at uh, Philippians chapter 1, verse 21, alright? And in Philippians chapter 1, verse 21, just the first part, it says, Paul says, For me, living is Christ, 
So Paul is trying to tell us that in the midst of his situation, all right, no matter where you are, whether you are free or whether he was incarcerated, okay, he says to live is Christ. And then he goes on in the next verse, in verse 22, he says, Now if I am to go on living in the body, this means productive work for me. All right? So Paul says, so if I'm alive, I get to share my hope. I get to share my faith. All right? Um, the, the Roman authorities, they can have me handcuffed. All right? They can put shackles on my feet. But what they can't do, they cannot touch the spirit who lives within me. And Paul, so he says, hey, if I'm alive, I get to share uh, the Lord's message to everybody. And uh, we read in Scripture, we know that while Paul was in prison, what was he doing? He was talking, all right? He was talking to those visitors who would come see him. He was talking to those Roman guards. He was talking to everybody that he had a chance to, all right? So to live means that Paul had the opportunity to share with everybody. Now, jump to chapter 3, Romans, or Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. In Romans chapter 3, verse 10, this is what Paul says. He says, my aim is to know him, to experience the power of his resurrection, to share in his sufferings, and to be like him in death. Take note, the word that caught my brain is to share in his sufferings. So not only Jesus calls us to share in his sufferings, all right, but here you have the Apostle Paul. He's saying, you know what? If I'm alive, I get to talk to people. If, I'm, if I have to suffer, guess what? I get to grow in my fellowship. I get to grow in my relationship with Jesus. Right? I don't know if you think that's exciting. Maybe you want to grow another way. You know, grow with, you know, in the midst of comfort. Right? But Paul says, hey, if I suffer... I get to grow in my relationship with Jesus. And I don't know what you think about that, but you know what? Suffering is really good. All right? Hmm. Suffering is really good. I think in Proverbs chapter 17, the writer of Hebrews says, Joy, all right, is what? Joy is good medicine. So even when you're in the midst of suffering and you have hope and peace and joy, all that good stuff, guess what? People take note, all right? So the second uh, from chapter 3, verse 10, was the word suffering. Now go back to chapter 1 and look at the second part of verse 21. And Paul says, Dying is gain. Alright? Dying is gain. The letter D. Now, I don't know what you think about that. Alright? You know, 
Paul was trying to teach us. Uh, this place is nice. It's good to be in Pueblo West. It's good to be for me to be back in Pueblo, all right? This is where I grew up. But Paul says, dying is a gain. You know, what does that mean? No matter what we deal with down here, when we are promoted into the Lord's presence, however it happens, guess what? No eye has seen. No ear has heard. And you can't even imagine how good it's going to be. All right? It is a game that we don't have really any insight in what it's going to be like. You know? Do you have any idea what it's like to live without a broken body, a body impacted by sin? You don't. It's coming. It's the game. Now, I don't know if you noticed those three words that I was using. Okay? Uh, live, from chapter 1, verse 21. Suffer, from chapter 3, verse 10. And die, from chapter 1, verse 21. Okay? Live, suffer, die. Those are my initials. Lawrence Sheldon Dubin. Alright? Um, I have no doubt that God was speaking to my heart at that time, and he, and he still is. Whether I live, whether I suffer, or whether I die. Let me show you a couple more things. Jump to uh, Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. Now, you know, I'm not going to, uh, I'm not your pastor, so I'm not going to meddle. All right? That's Pastor Scott's job. All right? But Philippians chapter 4, verse 4, it's, a, it's an imperative. Okay? It's a command. The Apostle Paul, he isn't making a suggestion. All right? He's making a command. He's saying, this is what you should do. Okay? And look at this imperative. Look at this command. Uh, Philippians 4, 4. Paul says, rejoice in the name or in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. So Paul says twice, the command is that you ought to rejoice. And not just a little bit of rejoicing, the fact that he mentions it twice. You know, today, if I was to send you something and I want to emphasize a point, I would underline it, I put an exclamation point by it, I would circle it, I would highlight it. Okay, they didn't have that in the Greek language, all right, back in those, those days. What did they do? They would repeat it. And the fact that Paul said it twice, right, he's trying to make a huge point. It says rejoice always, all right? Now the question is, how can Paul, how can you rejoice? Dude, you're in prison, you know? Uh, you probably haven't washed your hands in a long time. You know, and, and you take your filthy hands with this crummy food that you're probably receiving, and you have to eat. It's like, oh, this is disgusting. Paul, how can you rejoice, man? You know, you haven't taken a shower in a while. You really stink. Paul, you know, how, how can you rejoice? You don't have a comfortable place to lay down. It's probably rat infested. I, I can't even imagine what it was like, all right? But Paul says, rejoice. When? Always. And this is why. Look in uh, Philippians chapter 2, verse 8. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 8, all right? 
and says, He humbled himself, becoming obedient to the point of death, even on a cross. All right? So the fact that Jesus went to the cross, the fact that Jesus died, all right, and paid for Paul's sin and paid for our sin, guess what? That's the reason why we can rejoice. Because if Jesus is your Lord and Savior, then guess what? Your name is in the Lamb's Book of Life. And if your name is in the Lamb's Book of Life, then one of these days, you will die, okay? Or you'll be raptured out of here, whatever comes first, and you will be ushered in to the presence of the Lord. And the gain that you're going to receive is beyond measure, all right? So why can we rejoice? We don't rejoice at our suffering. We don't rejoice in our brokenness. We don't rejoice in our pain, all right? And it comes in many different directions and many different flavors, but we can rejoice because Jesus is our Lord and Savior and because our names are in his book of life. And again, if your name, if you don't have that assurance, I'm going to make a suggestion. Don't leave this place without talking to Pastor Scott. Don't leave this place. You know, if you're not, you don't have that assurance that you're going to heaven, talk to your pastor, all right? Let me see what else I wrote down here. Okay. And uh, so uh, when we think about Jesus, um, and this is just part of the biblical narrative, he took our sin and he died, and he has given us his holiness, his Now, uh, one thing, I, I hope I can say this in the right way. Um, please do not accuse me of not having empathy, okay? Uh, I'm, I'm a very empathetic person, uh, but I'm also okay with people suffering, all right? Um, because suffering is an incredible teacher. Suffering the cancer, the pneumonia, the identity theft, um, the losing a job, incredible teachers, all right? And so I don't want to, I don't want anybody to have to suffer, but if you have to suffer, there are some incredible lessons to be learned. You know, my primary call is not uh, to be a pastor, even though I do some pastoral work. My primary call is more as an evangelist and a teacher, all right? And so um, I got to be careful. I don't know what you mean, but yeah, okay. Um, so the reasons for these four cups in my life, I have no doubt, was for God's glory. I have no doubt about it. God was trying to do something in me. He was trying to teach me some lessons. He wanted me he wanted to use me in a specific way, all right? And so those four cups, those four difficult challenges, guess what? It was for his glory and for my edification. Let's see. So those cups, 
first being to the to Paul's going to the Philippians. And I want to encourage you. Get into scripture. Dig. Dig deep. Alright? And and you can't depend upon your pastor. And you can't depend upon your Sunday school teacher. This is something that you have to do yourself. You can your your pastor and your Sunday school teachers, they could all be part of the program, absolutely. But God has no grandchildren. And these messages in the Word of God, they're for us. And so get into it. Dig deep. Be a Berean. All right. Um, One more thing about this. These four cups have allowed me, it's been an incredible platform for me to share the hope and the peace that I have. For example, in uh, South Florida, I'm uh, being studied by a, a doctor, all right? This doctor, I have a phone call with her, or I visit her every month, where it just depends on where I am. And, uh, you know, she's, uh, she's watching what's going on with my health, okay? This woman just happens to be from Israel. This woman just, just happens to be an unsaved Jewish gal. This woman happens to be an Orthodox. Uh, she's a part of the Orthodox community. And guess what? I have the opportunity to see her every month. And guess what? You know, not only do we talk about my medical issues and stuff like that, we're talking about uh, my hope that I have. She knows that I'm Jewish. She knows that I'm a believer in Jesus. And, uh, and there's, a, there's a little bit of curiosity there, okay? Paul said in, in Corinthians, he says, One man plants, another waters, but it's the Holy Spirit who brings the increase, all right? That's one place, all right? Uh, another example, my wife and I, you know, uh, one thing people do in Florida is they play cards, all right? You know, so I hope it doesn't offend you. I get together with some of these people to play cards. What are we doing when we're playing cards? You know, it's not for money or anything. It's just to build community. And uh, in the month of August, we were with this uh, woman who's 95 and one of her daughters who is 70. All right? So we're sitting around their table, and we're playing cards. We're playing canasta. And, um, you know, conversations started. So we play around. And then we would stop, and they would be asking us questions. Okay, we know you're Jewish. We know you believe in Jesus. Explain this. All right? Oh, great. So, you know, we would spend a half hour talking about what we believe and why. We'd go play another round uh, of cards, and then we would stop, and they have more questions. All right? So we use, you know, that type of a venue as a way to proclaim the hope and the peace that we have, all right? Yeah, and uh, so so remember, uh, they knew about my suffering, and they also know about my faith, all right? And, uh, and I think God has my wife and I in that situation in order to share the hope and the peace that we have. All right, is anybody here going to the Chili Festival? Anybody? What's wrong with you people who aren't, who aren't going? All right? I, I, I can't believe it. 
You know, I, I'm going to the Chili Festival. I'm so excited. It's like, oh my gosh, the Chili Festival is happening here in Pueblo when I'm here. Okay, you're gonna, you might see me, all right? And I might have a shirt like this on that says Jesus is Messiah, and this has the Shema on it, all right? And uh, the the gospel tract that I'm going to be using now, if this is if this is not appropriate for Pueblo, let me know, okay? This gospel tract says, "Did Jesus get stoned?" Okay. Let me read the back of it. Okay, it says, "Actually, he was crucified." What do you think we were talking about? Jesus took the hit for us stoners so we won't get baked. Come on, you know what we're saying. Jesus died and rose from the grave to save us from a very bad trip. The wages of sin is death, Romans 6.23. For a clear look at God's bright promises to you, contact, and it has my name on it, all right? And so I'm going to be there, and I'm going to take advantage of that, all right? And... Uh, I have to tell you, I'm very excited to be able to share the gospel on the streets in Pueblo. You know, this is like the first time, and it's like, oh my gosh, all right? So, yeah. So if you're not coming, you could be praying for me this weekend. Uh, Deb and I, we serve with the Christian Jew Foundation. Uh, we send out usually a, a ministry update letter every month by email, or we will mail it to you if you don't want an email. If you would like to receive it, whether you give today or not, I don't care. Uh, all you have to do is just fill out this, uh, this card and make sure I get it today. You can send it, you give it to me, or you can actually mail it in yourself. And I will make sure that you receive our letters so you will know how to pray for us. And uh, above everything else, that's what Debbie and I need. We need our brothers and sisters in Christ to be praying for us, all right? So, again, going back to what the Apostle Paul wrote to us in Philippians, all right? He told us to rejoice always. And we can rejoice always because Jesus paid the penalty for our sin and he gave us his righteousness. So whether you're living, whether you're suffering, or whether you're dying, no matter what you're dealing with, all right, you have a message to share with everybody who comes into your life. You have a reason to rejoice and to give thanks. Amen.